Hey guys, welcome to the CP Junkie podcast, where we bring you interviews with dentists sharing their CPD stories and journeys from around Australia. What better way to learn than to follow those who've already done it before? CP Junkie is Australia's most comprehensive CPD, so head over to cpdjunkie.com.au and become a member for free to access the full features of the site. I'm your host, Lauren Stone, and today we are joined by Dr. Omid Azami. He is a Melbourne Uni graduate with experiences in private and public dentistry from the prestigious Royal Dental Hospital in Melbourne with a special interest in oral surgery. Co-founder of CPD Junkie and host of Newbie Dentist Podcast, Dr. Omid Azami, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Lawrence. So let's start with your time at the Royal Dental Hospital, Melbourne. Tell us about the application process. Yeah, so I'd known about the job for a long time since I was in dental school, and it was a job that I really wanted to do. And this is the oral MFS uh, resident job. And unfortunately, I, you know, you know, circumstances of work and having to move around and stuff didn't let me apply for that job or let me um, go after that job until end of 2019. So I got lucky enough um, to interview and get the job for 2020, uh, which was a you know interesting year because we had all the COVID pandemic and everything like that. So. Um, I had to, you know, the job gets posted obviously on the DHSV website. So you go through the Dental Health Services Victoria. Um, and it is a job really, uh, I guess, targeted for people who want to go on and do max facts. So you have to have a demonstrated interest in oral surgery and OMFS um, through research and observerships and all that. So uh, it was a good experience. I got to work exclusively in just doing oral surgery for the past year and a half pretty much now. So um, I got to get a good exposure and I guess it's like a year long CPD. The way I kind of look at it is, um, we got to work under supervision and I got to really expand my CPD, my oral surgery scope, uh, comfortably and safely. Uh, cause I always had someone there to like bail me out or, um, if I got stuck doing something, I can always go and ask a, a consultant, um, and it can kind of really help me out and get through those cases. So, um, definitely in terms of basic surgical skill, the growth over the last year and a half has been pretty incredible. So um, I'm pretty grateful that I had the opportunity to get that job. What you hope to learn and what you ended up learning or doing, did it meet your expectations? Um, it, was, it was quite close. I mean, I was lucky to have a few friends who did the job. So a few of my classmates from dental school did the job sort of um, in, in different years. So they had different experiences in those years. Obviously, last year with the, the pandemic and a lot of the shut, lockdowns and things, we didn't get as much uh, repetitions as you know, I'd hoped for because uh, we, we couldn't work or operate for a lot, long stretches of time. Um, and that's why I, I, I was lucky enough that they offered me to stay on this year. So I was able to kind of do a part-time uh, extension for six months this year, um, which is coming to an end at the end of this month. So this year was really, I guess, more of what I hoped for last year, where we were operating every day, um, doing a lot of cases, seeing a lot of cool stuff, because it's, you know, it's a major sort of referral hub. So um, all the public clinics throughout Victoria will send anything like oral surgery related, any pathologies or anything like that. Um, all the difficult extractions, all that kind of comes centrally to the dental hospital. And we're the ones who have to manage it. So um, in terms of uh, one, the clinical skills, and then two, like the knowledge of dealing with like medically compromised patients and, and to how to, how to assess it, how to work up a case, how to request relevant medical histories and radiation fields and whatnot. Um, and then how to sort of 
manage these patients has been really cool and an opportunity that I think will be really handy in private practice, not even just in oral surgery setting, but just in general, like if you have patients uh, that are maybe on bisphosphonates or are starting on chemotherapy or um, have a history of radiation therapy. So there's a comfort level there now of sort of how to manage these patients. I'm going to be a bit nitpicky about it, but what kind of oral surgery skills would you say you've undertaken? So, I mean, predominantly, um, it's like exodontia, like taking teeth out um, and just getting comfortable, like just doing sur- like surgical. So, you know, like raising flaps and removing bone and sectioning teeth. Um, and a lot of that, like a bulk of what we do is like wisdom teeth removal. So just getting comfortable with like third molars uh, and like a wide variety and different, you know, difficulties and things. So unfortunately we don't get referred to many of those like flick out easy conical root ones. Um, so it's more like, you know, mesoangulars, horizontals, distal angulars, um, and then learning sort of a predictable protocol of like how to approach each of these sort of different types of impactions, how to do it like predictably and like safely and like, and speed is important, I guess, especially under local anesthetic. Like I'm sure you hear stories of dentists in like, you know, in private practice where, It'll take them an hour and a half or something to get a tooth out because uh, one, they're persistent and two, the tooth is, is stubborn and, and being tricky. Um, so I think that uh, baseline has changed, you know, that hour and a half, because I myself used to get stuck, you know, taking out some, you know, upper sixes or sevens when you go down the surgical road and then you just can't get the root out and you're kind of just wasting time, not progressing. Um, that uh, level is just completely changed. And like that uh, benchmark, you know, instead of an hour now is like 15 minutes. But if I can't get it out in 15 minutes, like something's really wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, they always say that, you know, if you've been trying for a good 15 minutes and it's not loosening up, you, you know, you got to make a quick decision then either to continue or to kind of make decision to refer. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big one. I, one of the biggest takeaways I have from uh, some of the bosses is, you know, I think one of the benefits of uh, specialists, um, obviously, I'm still I'm not a specialist, I'm still a general dentist, but uh, having worked closely with them, it's the ability to like synthesize information is incredible. So like they can have like their input, they can take in all the inputs of like what's happening, why is it happening? And then not be afraid to like make a decision of, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z to like progress this. Um, I think that's the skill that um, a lot of people lack when they start out, especially taking teeth out or in endo or whatever it may be. Hmm, I see. What would you say is your current ideal day at the moment, you know, types of procedures? Um, so now I'm kind of transitioning back to <clears throat> private dentistry, which is uh, interesting because I've definitely de-skilled and I've lost a lot of skills and like just restorative and, um, you know, like crown and bridge and like, uh, endo and stuff. Uh, so over the past few weeks, I've been starting to do a little bit more of those, but I think, you know, given the surgical stuff that I've been lucky enough to kind of have exposure to and learn past year and a half, um, I do want to shift my general practice with more of a niche in oral surgery. So I think like an ideal day, maybe taking out a few, like a few wisdom teeth, um, I'm also just completing an implant course, a PG cert program in implants. So hopefully in a not too distant future, start placing some implants. So I think like a nice day is just like taking out teeth, maybe a couple of implants, and then obviously some general dentistry as well, uh, sprinkled into it. But I'd like the bulk of it to be more, uh, oral surgery uh, skewed. Right. So here's the tricky part for a lot of our viewers who aren't in the public role, dental hospital role. What CPD did you do to get to this point? Yeah, so I think, I mean, there's a few uh, oral surgery courses going around. Um, the the Melbourne, Melbourne University offers one where you kind of essentially come and do our job for a week and you get to, do, you know, take some teeth out and under supervision from MaxVax or uh, MaxVax Registrar. But there's also like other courses. And if you check the uh, CPD Junkie website, we have some partners and um, um, featured uh, CPD Junkie deals for some oral surgery sort of related courses. So um, I think the important thing is really 
to understand that you know doing a weekend course like in anything else like you're going to get the foundational stuff but you need like repetitions um and like case selection is important so i would just recommend you know in oral in oral surgery side of things or taking teeth out um don't think you can do a weekend course and then come and like start doing some like crazy horizontals or deep impactions start off with some easy ones get your confidence up get comfortable raising a clean flap and like suturing and all that uh, and then as, as you kind of do that, maybe like, you know, 10, 20, 30 times and you get comfortable, then you can start to kind of slowly push the boundaries a little bit. Um, I was, I was talking to someone about this on a recent podcast was, you know, an, an issue is sometimes when you push yourself too early and take on cases that are too difficult too early. Um, one, it's, it pushes you towards like the burnout side of things or two, you lose confidence and don't want to do it again. So I think in, in order to like do it safely and like enjoy doing it, it's better to like be very case selective at the start and then gradually build those skills up. It's kind of important to have that mentor there to help you in the case when things aren't tracking accordingly. Yeah, I think if you have someone in the practice who, if you get stuck and step into the room and help you, that's like a huge thing. Um, otherwise, then yeah, just having good relationships with your referring MaxFacts or um, or other specialists and being able to like, um, you know, rely on them for information or advice is pretty important. It's a great uh it's a great specialty and I think they're they're more than happy to kind of share information with people. Yeah, they have definitely helped me out here and there at times. And so you've mentioned that in the next five years, you want to do more implants, oral surgery. So how would you track your way towards doing that? You've mentioned you were doing the postgraduate diploma. So yeah, I'm doing the postgrad certificate course with the Implant Institute. Uh, and uh, they've been pretty accommodating to us because we were meant to go to Perth actually this upcoming week. We couldn't go. So uh, there were, luckily there was like, I think uh, 13 or 14 of us that are based in Victoria. So uh, Dr. Masag actually was quite nice and he like organized a Victorian based uh, course for us for this week. Starting at tomorrow, which is good. The course is quite good because it's, um, it's a structured learning thing. So there's six months of didactic so, uh, where you're like reading papers and writing essays and discussion posts and things to really like kind of uh, get a good foundational knowledge in the, in the sort of the didactic side of it. And then we have this week where it's all hands-on skills and, um, you know, um, preparing the osteotomy sites, placing the implants, taking impressions, restorative side. And to finish the course, I'll have to place three implants on like with supervision and get feedback on those cases. And that's um, it'll how I'll get there. So it's, I think it's, it's a good way. It's like, it's a nice comprehensive way to learn something. Um, and I think I'm lucky because of the oral surgery exposure, the, I think I can progress that pretty quickly. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to kind of really get into it. So you're going to be working on models. Is that the case or you're working on patients? Um, this week will be on models. So we'll work on models and then we'll have to start working on patients after that. Have you taken anything else in conjunction to that for implants? Is there something that's caught your attention and something that you might be interested in looking further into or doubling down on or to supplement your postgrad diploma? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, with advanced dentistry, like you need to have a good, like comprehensive understanding of uh, just like full mouth diagnosis and treatment planning. So um, it goes beyond like that single tooth dentistry of like, okay, like they're missing their two, four, I'm going to put an implant in and then, and that's that. Uh, I think it's really cool to be able to um, look at the patient like holistically and like plan what's going on, why they've lost that tooth, what's going on with the other teeth. So I was pretty lucky before I did the uh, oral surgery residency and before all the pandemics have started, I went to Seattle and did uh, the first like two modules of the COIS uh, curriculum. And that's like their treatment planning and their functional occlusion course. 
So uh, I've forgotten a lot of it. So I got to go back and review the, uh, the material, but um, I think that's like, if you want to do like bigger cases uh, in a predictable way, then definitely understanding occlusion is like huge. Um, so I think I'm going to try and, you know, understand or get a deeper understanding of occlusion, uh, take some courses and try and get more educated on like soft tissue stuff, like grafting and, and managing soft tissue. Uh, and then maybe just as I go through, like maybe like taking courses on like full arch implant cases or uh, more advanced like implant procedures, like sinus lifts and that kind of stuff. Um, obviously like, you know, the principles I said earlier still hold, like, I'm not going to jump in and start doing that in, in a year even. Uh, but I think after you start doing a fair few single unit implants, get comfortable managing those uh, cases, even managing a few complications, and then you can comfortably start looking at the bigger, bigger procedure. What CPD do you feel you did not implement and what would you do differently next time? Um, I've got, a, I've got a lot of these. I think early on, I was just kind of doing, my friends were doing a course and I was like, oh, like, I'll do it with you guys. I'll just come, come for the weekend. Uh, so like, you know, one, for example, was like Invisalign um where i like flew up to sydney for the weekend and we did this line introductory course and one i have like i've just i've never had that interest in ortho and two like i didn't have any sort of plan to like okay i'm going to come back to my practice like general practice and implement this or uh, i didn't have any patients lined up or anything like that so um i think that's important i think you know if you download the uh, cpd junkie how to get the most out of cpd ebook that we wrote uh, maybe a year ago um, you can access that on the website if you haven't seen it already uh, we broke that down in terms of, you know, if you're going to take a CPD course, if you're going to invest money, take time off work, um, one, make sure you've got a plan how to implement it when you come back. And two, like an ideal world, uh, have patients lined up that are ready to go. So like, for example, with implants, I've been you know doing some consults with patients and um, some like easier cases of like a three, six or a two, five or a, or a three, five site. Um, so they're sort of like semi good for like an introductory implant case. So I've got those ready to go now. So when I finish this course, then I can start working on that. And then the third thing is like accountability is important. So like if you do a course with a friend, uh, you two can kind of hold each other in checks. So like Lawrence, like, you know, how's Invisalign going? Did you start a case yet? And then you can hold me accountable and say like, what's going on? It's been like a month and you haven't done anything. So um, I think doing something together as well can be pretty cool because then you can have that sort of accountability or help each other out of the, throughout the first few cases. Interesting. I guess it's like a chicken and egg issue. You know, there's a lot of graduates and new grads have, well, we're faced with learning, you know, learning to do Invisalign, trying to learn to do veneers. Do you feel confident doing that? Or do you have a case lined up? And when you're kind of new to the practice, how do you set that up? If the receptionist isn't familiar or comfortable with giving you that case, how do you say, I'm planning on doing these ortho cases? I guess that is something more that graduates got to think about too, hey? Yeah, for sure. Especially So if you're like in a proper private practice, I think that's a big discussion to be had with your like principal dentist or business owner before you uh, maybe invest these things. So, you know, approach them like, listen, I, you know, I've been here for X amount of months. I think, you know, the practice could benefit from uh, me doing some Invisalign cases. How would you feel about me doing a course and implementing this into the practice? So I think that's like a way better way of doing it than like doing the course, showing up and be like, all right, I'm going to start doing some Invisalign. Um, I think one of the perks of like maybe some of those corporate jobs um, might be that because you're sort of your own autonomous uh, clinician, um, that could work out well because then it's just you and maybe you can just be like a little bit like entrepreneurial about it. Like no one in my practice does endo. Maybe I'll go and do a bunch of endo CPD. And then you can tell the other dentists in your like corporate practice, look, if you're not going to do it, just refer to me and I'll, I'll do the endos or oral surgery or implants, whatever it is. 
uh, I think that's like another cool way if you want to like take on the initiative yourself and you work within that corporate sort of environment where you don't have like a more senior person telling you what you can and can't do this. Sometimes the tricky part is the equipment as it's not as simple. I want to do Invisalign and then if the practice is not built for it, is that something that graduates have to think about? It's a barrier for sure, like especially those bigger things like, uh, like implants where you need all the surgical stuff and motors and all that uh, inventory. Um, you know, Invisalign, you can bootstrap it a little bit with like just getting Invisalign trays and doing PVSs and sending it off. Obviously, if you have an iTero and all that kind of stuff in the practice, it's just like much easier and much better. But um, you're right. I think you, you'll need the equipment and the infrastructure around you to help. It's hard to always do that just on your own without doing that. With the implant side of things, you know, there's multiple different systems out there. So with your diploma, you know, there are courses out there, particularly structured or modular courses that are tailored towards a particular type of implant. If your practice doesn't do that particular type of implant, what do you do? I'm throwing you in the deep end here, but you are doing the postgrad dip now. Is that narrowed down or open to other different implants? Yeah, so I think the the good thing of you know doing like a university course or this implant institute course, uh, it's not really uh, implant uh, centric. Like they're not going to be like, okay, this is like a Nobel course, so we're going to learn how to do Nobel protocol or. Um, this is like a more dense one, just MIS implants, whatever it is. So I think it's just more about like just general implants information and how to, how to work with it. I think we do get exposure to a couple of different implant systems in the course, uh, but it's more so taught in the, in the, in the way of just understanding principles of implant dentistry. I think the cool thing from, I mean, I, and I, again, I'm no expert by, by any stretch in this, but, um, from my understanding, like the implant reps are pretty good to work with. Uh, so I do have through like the newbie dentist podcast, like a bit of a relationship with more dent and um, seeing how they work and they're more than happy to like come to the practice and bring you, um, you know, some implants or some uh, componentry or like drills and stuff. So you can do the first few cases and try out the system and see how it works. Uh, and I'm sure it's the same with like Strawman and Nobel and all those ones as well. So uh, I think you can certainly, if you want to focus on one, um, you can do their courses as well. But I think it's one of those things where you're already doing implants, but okay, I want to start working with like Strom and more or Nobel more. And so you'll go do a few of their courses just to get more familiar with their systems. Um, and then you can just you know, start placing those ones. Mm. Good, good points um, for a lot of uh, recent graduates to think about, hey? Yeah. No, I think it's, it's exciting. Like we said, and I think what you touched on a few times, uh, mentorship, obviously, like everyone says, uh, think like be a bit strategic is important. I think a lot of people like maybe not as strategic uh, in terms of like where you work, what's the, what's the boss do, what's the boss not do. And can you, or are, like, if you're lucky, then your interest aligns with what the boss doesn't do. And then you can add that. That's like a win-win for everyone. Um, or do you, do you just want to be a bit more like sort of entrepreneurial in the practice and say, look, I might not love endo, but like no one does it. So maybe I'll just learn it as a skill to learn. And then I can be that person in the practice. So um, that's, another, that's like another way of getting busy and learning something really well. Mm, yeah. Dr. Omed Azami, thank you for coming on the show so last minute. No, it's always uh, obviously great to chat. And uh, for anyone, you know, uh, check out CPD Junkie. I think it's a really cool resource that we've been working on. And Lawrence, you've been doing a big part of it as well. Uh, it's completely free for dentists. So check it out, see what's available in terms of courses. Uh, if you sign up, then you get all the advantages of getting CPD alerts and getting access to some of these uh, junkie deals and everything like that, which um, we're working hard to like add more and more deals for you guys. So uh, we're trying to work on your behalf to make it as easy as it is uh, as it can be uh, to find CPD. So I hope you guys take advantage of it. 
Thanks. All right. Thank you so much. Take care.